right, welcome back to Judging Bouncing Balls. We've got a first today. We've got two guests instead of one, which is going to be awesome. So, Joe and Bill, thanks for joining us. Toby, how are we doing? We're good. We're good. A little pickleball tonight. Another championship run. Just going to say it. Some of the wow. pickleballs guys said they were going to listen. So, i going to give a shout out to wow. the pickleball guys. Yeah, pretty intense. You like the Bill Belichick of pickleball. But I won 25 bucks, so I think I'm now a professional. I think my amateur Thanks. status is taken from me, which is kind of stinks, but I, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. So Joe and uh, Bill, before we get to introduce you, do, do you guys, do you guys play pickleball? Joe, take I, it from I, us. I have played. Um, I'm not sure I'm past amateur status, but I have played. <laughs> uh, with that said, I, I am competitive enough that uh, if it ever works out that I'll throw Bill in there with me, but uh, we will take you guys on and have a little friendly competition. All right. Ooh, that, All right. That'd be fun. I've never played before, but I, I would be down for that. That'd be good. I think Trust I me, you class. would be fine, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, Jim, what was Jim that, Bill? The last one, gym class is the last one here in high school. So uh, after that, I would say Joe and I have gotten – we dabble in a related game, but racquetball is something Joe and I have gone toe-to-toe many a time and enjoyed that. and. Uh, he he whooped me at first, but I would say uh, he he's probably man enough to admit that it wouldn't be close anymore the other way. I, I got him pretty much every game. Ooh. I'm in on that too. Played for years. I like the small courts. Anything yeah. bigger than that, I get tired. Just just an idea for you too. If if uh, juggling bouncing balls gets to the point of having some good merchandise selection, maybe a Bill Belichick short sleeve hoodie would be a, a solid Ooh. selection for you. I like it. I like it. I like that. And I liked it. <laughs> well, awesome. So let's uh, let's start with Bill. Why don't you give us the rundown uh, on on uh, eighty? What you do, who you are. Uh, give us a, a five minute bio on Bill, and then we'll, Joe will let you introduce yourself as well. Yeah, if um, I mean, basically, right right now, I'm the head baseball coach at Amherst High School, um, and that's uh, that's pretty much just something I do on the side. My my day job, I'm now the director of customer experience with Zaleski Sports. Um, that's a, a, a TV version of high school athletics throughout central Wisconsin. So just uh, trying to make that product available to parents. Uh, but my, my story, I grew up in Whitewater. Uh, my dad was my head baseball coach uh, of Whitewater for 21 years. Um, and I didn't know it at the time, but I was getting a front row seat to how to um, take a, take a program that wasn't successful and then just create an atmosphere and a setting that makes that whole program successful. Now, again, when you're a kid, you didn't, I didn't realize that I was just enjoying the ride and being the bat boy on, on teams, but uh, 21 years in coaching and he brought in two state championships and appeared at state two more times and 13 conference titles. And all of that's just on the field. What I really saw was how he created a youth program and built relationships with all of those families and all those parents. Um, And again, I left after I came through high school, I left and went to Winona state for uh, division two baseball. Um, I I redshirted my first year, which really a difficult thing to do. I think that's uh, people don't talk about it enough redshirting and watching everyone else play for a year is really difficult. Um, right up until the second year when I tore my shoulder and had to medical redshirt, uh, that was even harder. So then two years of redshirting at, at college, a tough experience so far, but it's amazing how not to be a cliche, but the hardest things in life inevitably will, will result in something awesome. Um, so that next year, uh, unrelated to baseball, I went to Germany um, for a business internship, just a, a friend of a friend who said someone did that for him and he'd help us out and make it possible. But I was rehabbing, so I brought a glove and cleats. Um, the coach in, in Hamburg, Germany, was Canadian, so he spoke English. Uh, he let me work out at the facility. And then one thing led to another, and 
Um, I decided to play that summer and to do so, if you're a foreigner, you have to sign a contract. Contracts and NCAA don't go well together. So I had to make that choice uh, abroad and kind of on the fly. And it was difficult at the time, but in hindsight, great choice. I just decided that was the end of my college career and I'll play over there instead. Um, really cool experience. So afterward, I got married and the wife and I uh, bounced around to Minnesota and I coached freshman ball a little bit at Oatana. And then uh, we went to Illinois and hated that experience, hated the state, hated our jobs. Uh, annoying. So we, uh, we moved back and jobs brought us to point. Um, the housing market made me sell our first house. And at that point, we had a dog and a, and a, and a kid. Um, I wanted to get into coaching at point. But right now, the, the, the reality is to, to coach at Spash, there's a line you know, out the door and around the block uh, to try and get involved. And I'm not going to be an assistant coach, the seventh coach on a, a staff for 20 years. Um, yep. So I looked at Pacelli and that was a long wait too. coach Sankey's got a great thing going and I'm not, I'm not interested in, you know, competing. He's a great guy. Again, he just, he deserves it. Not me. Um, so I thought it was going to be over. I was going to get into refereeing and umpiring and play amateur ball until I die. Um, and then the housing market, like I said, I sold a house. We bought another place. Uh, we had two kids at that point and it happened to be in the Amherst busing turnaround. So I went sniffing around and assistant coach for one year in 2018 um, after that, the head job, the, the, the coach currently just walked up to me after about a month and a half and said, I was waiting for somebody competent to come take the program. So <laughs> handed it off to me in 2019, uh, was a great year, fun. I was learning a ton. Uh, 2020 got canceled because of the, the crazy COVID stuff. Um, and then 2021, we won our first conference title in 10 years. In 2022, we went 28 no and went to state and lost that in the semifinal at state. So a 28 and one season. Um, wow! Really, really fun stuff. It, it happens quickly, though. Really quick. Impressive. That's awesome. Wow, that's great, great success in a short period of time. That's that's awesome. So we're going to come back to that for sure because there's a lot to unpack there. But Joe, if you want to introduce yourself as well. Yeah. So a little different. Uh, Joe Soybert. Uh, right now, I'm the uh, development director for Special Olympics. Uh, I've been doing that now for about a year and a half, and. And really pr prior to that, my, my main career, I was, I was with the, the Y for a number of years. Um, and so out of, out of high school, I, I kind of I went to Oshkosh my first uh, year. So I was going to do uh, football. I was going to be a receiver and um, kind of one of those things you get to two a days. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I loved, loved sports all through high school. Had some, you know, injuries and, and things like that. Battled, battled through those. But then um, I don't know, got to college and, again, Division three, you know, no no support and no, no scholarships on, on the line. And, and it was just one of those things where I just kind of woke up one day and just said, you know, I really don't love it anymore. And, and I, I kind of want to walk around campus and, and not be on crutches or, or in a wheelchair. And so uh, walked away from it. Um, and then uh, with that said, I also kind of lost how to study and how to just live life to some degree, because, you know, in high school, that's all I did. And so my grades suffered, you know, when I was in Oshkosh and ended up going back to Marshfield and, you know, did the uh, two-year campus, worked on the grades. But at that time, I also uh, went off for the basketball team and, and just kind of got centered again and uh, did that for a year and then transferred back to Point or transferred to Point with, uh, with some friends and um, finished in the next three years. And, and so when I came to Point, um, I'm like, all right, well, I need a job. What am I going to do? And always enjoyed sports and, and, you know, kind of customer service. And so started at the Y um, part-time just as a referee and official and a coach. And 20 years later that that turned into a sports director position. And, and, and lastly, the associate exec uh, until COVID hit and kind of flipped 
flipped me on my head a little bit. But, uh, you know, during that time, I mean, you know, just to be able to coach uh, and teach kids the, the fundamentals in, in all sports was certainly a lot different even back then than it was or is now. Um, and I think then during that time, you know, I did that for about 10 or 12 years and then started having kids of my own. And, you know, obviously Jeremy, our, our girls played together with, with soccer, but it was a tough position to have when, you know, your, your own kids start to travel and, and become more involved, you know, you kind of wanted to, to travel with them. And so, um, that's where some of the progression of the job change happened, but, you know, obviously pay increased as well, more responsibilities, which was again, kind of the natural progression, but, um, was fortunate enough to be able to kind of coach along the way with, with my daughter and, um, help her along. You know, I, I've, I've had some great coaches growing up, um, but also had some coaches that, uh, didn't do it the right way, in my opinion. And so I wanted to make sure that, uh, my kids always had that person that was always going to be there, always going to show up, be, be prepared and, and, and ready to, to teach the game to them, whatever that game was, you know, soccer, basketball or, or whatnot. And, so fast forward, daughter's now 14. I have another one, five years old, just getting started again. So we're kind of going through the, the cycle again, but it's, I wouldn't change it for the world. It's, it's, it's amazing. Awesome. Wow, those are impressive. So I want to ask you, you, yeah, I want to ask you both, like, so you've obviously been around you, a lot of youth, youth sports coaching at a young level, I, I, uh, Bill, I, did you say you, I, I missed, did you have kids or do you have kids currently? Yes. Yep. I have, so, uh, have an eight-year-old, a, a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So you're kind of almost similar to me then <laughs> uh, from a, like we have four kids and it's, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot that can be taken away from coaching young kids. So I, I'd be curious on maybe Bill start off and then Joe, like what, when you're teaching really young kids or coaching them, what are some of the things that you want to do to, like you mentioned, turning around a program, Bill? What are some of the things that you kind of institute right away as a coach when you you, you help with youth? Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I'm not a you know a, a therapist or someone that knows a lot about the psyche of, of human beings, but I I interact with my kids in an, an awful fun way at home. Um, it, it's clear to me when they're having fun and when they're not. So at a certain, I mean, especially anything, I would say anything um, sixth grade and lower. You can gauge a kid pretty quickly if you just have high energy and make it exciting and, and you can read their faces, read their body language and know who's engaged and who isn't. And then just make sure you you keep it exciting. And that's my responsibility as a coach or as a director of a program is just to make sure, gauge your audience, read it, make sure it's working, and then continue to try different tactics to keep them engaged. So baseball is not a game that has a lot of movement. I would say um, a problem we have in our in my sport um, the first introduction to it is T-ball, which is the biggest circus on the planet with, uh, you know, moving pieces everywhere. And there's there's danger and hazards. Um, and the parents are sitting around right on top of the field, it feels. Um, yeah. Coaches don't really know how to keep it engaging. So the first experience people have in my sport is typically a negative one or a slow one. The parents are more into it than a, than a kid who's picking dandelions. So I just decided that's that's my responsibility, first of all to show up as a coach on time and prepared to have not drills because drills sounds like work, have fun yeah. and, and create two or three fun drills. All kids want to do is hit and run bases. So let's give them that. We don't, we don't have to fight any further. Um, as we do it, once I have a little fun, you know, in practice three, 
then I'll interject something in between that has this weird glove that you have to wear on this hand, and then you have to stand here in the batter's box. Everyone has to learn two positions today. You know, that kind of stuff. Just intro level. But if you if you come in with the wrong atmosphere or just you know, stay back. One thing first off. A seventh grade, a seven year old can see right through it. And then he'll just, he'll just, you'll lose his interest and it's not going to gauge. Hmm. No, I, I like that. The first time that I ever did uh, baseball with my son, he was, no, I, was I, I thought he had a great swing. I'm like, he might be a baseball I mean, player. Be he did not like it. The standing around was what threw him out of it in T ball. He graduated at some point. Sorry, Toby, I cut you off. More time than most, but uh, it is what it is. But I got one question for both of you. You got, you know, you, you said, Bill, that you were trying, you know, you wanted to be in the Stevens Point <laughs> School District and, and, you know, maybe Pacelli and that. Um, but you ended up at Amherst. And I always wondered, we've talked about it here that being in the Bayport District, right, it's the University of, it's a machine, it's 2,000 kids um, versus that small town feel where you get to know the seven year old at T ball, you know, or Joe, you, you're, you're coaching young basketball where these girls are together through. And is that the benefit? I mean, you, you turn a team around pretty quick, right? For Amherst, now you're, you're playing at your 28 0 and 21. But is that kind of, I, I see it too much in, in bigger cities where they, the coaches, they don't pay attention to the youth. They don't get that, that, that buildup and they don't know their name. Because let's be honest, if the head varsity coach knows your name, even if you're eight years old, you're pretty excited about it. So, is, is, have you found that that small town, I've been to, I mean, I've been to a ton. I've been there a ton of times, so it's also a small little town. But um, is that kind of intriguing to you now that you would rather stay in that small town of field and then maybe go to a Pacelli or even a bigger city? Yeah, I mean, I, I love it. Of course, we all make choices in our lives, and sometimes it's not for the right reasons, or sometimes it's for a reason is, that's that's fine, but it ends up being a better choice once you kind of settle in and you'd never do it different. Uh, so it's one of those for me. I didn't go looking for a small community. Um, one thing I, I really believe, no, no matter what we're doing as uh, as leaders of young people, um, if, if, you, um, if, if you're in charge of something, you don't have to do it a certain way. You can have a plan and have a strategy but that doesn't mean you can't deviate from it. Uh, that doesn't mean you shouldn't be flexible to make sure that you're using whatever resources are around you to, to make whatever you're working on better. So to apply that to baseball in Amherst, yeah, exactly what you're saying. My, my strength is my youth and energy and strategy and planning, but then match that with the fact that I will do everything I can to go out of my way to not only know every eight-year-old, every seven-year-old that's in baseball, but know their parents, shake a hand, you know, drive my wife nuts by coming home an hour and a half later than a game because I've just striking up conversations right. the whole way home. Um, I just, to your point, I use that as a really good strength of mine. If I was the Bayport baseball coach, I think that would be awfully difficult to do. Um, there's yeah. just so many bodies, so many people. But instead, he'll, he has different strategies. He has different assets that he can lie on or rely on to make, uh, to make things work. So I would, I would say you have to just be able to use whatever resources you have to um, to put together the best pie you can bake. You know, it's funny. I don't disagree with that, Bill, but, you know, from a different perspective, I, I look at, again, Stevens Point or even some of the other smaller communities and, and specifically girls basketball. You know, we're such a, a softball community and, and certainly I think volleyball is picking up a lot of pace and where, where some of that is hard now to, you know, talk about Toby, you know, growing a program. Kids are spread out 
thinner now, more now than, than ever. And so that's where it becomes challenging. Um, and again, if you don't have, you know, dedicated, you know, parents and volunteer coaches at a young age to teach the fundamentals and the basics and to give the kids, boys or girls success, that's when they start to fade away. Right. And so now in a small community, you know, we, if we have three or four fade away at sixth, seventh grade, and now they, they just continue on, um, you know, by the time we get to high school, you know, right now we have eight girls in, in eighth grade basketball. That mm -hmm. to me, that, that, that hurts, that that's tough. And so by the time senior year comes, what do those numbers look like? As opposed to, again, a, a Bayport and some of these larger communities, pick of the litter, right? Someone goes down, next next one up mentality. And then too, like one of the things I, I get jealous about at times is um, the amount of opportunities in a bigger city, whether it be outside coaching, um, facilities, you know, the, the amount of extra gym space or field space that larger cities would have. And, and, and again, you know, Stevens Point is getting there. I mean, I, we're, we're pretty fortunate, but but what about an Anago or what about a Clintonville or, you know, some of these rinky-dink smaller schools, how are they competing? You know, they have the high school gym and that is it. You know, they, they don't have a, a driveway or, or you know, a, um, you know, some of these other facilities that, that we can go in yeah, and have we batting talk about, cages like, year really... round and shooting clinics and, you know, and, and that, that becomes almost a, a, an unfair advantage from a, from a competition right. standpoint. No, and because Kimberly started it, right? Like, or Kimberly's uh, guys' markets, you know, we're, we'll, we'll we're just, driving we'll two hours. That, to, but to, Kimberly, they built like, I think, a 50-yard indoor facility. Yeah. And then West of Pier built a 70-yard indoor. Now the talk is the port, you know, my kids won't get to see it, but I mean, pay for it. Um, but they're talking maybe 80 to 100-yard yeah. indoor facility. I mean, that's... In, in you're right. How do you compete? Because you're not going to go to your, your 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 tax base and be like, hey, everybody, we're gonna we're gonna multiply your taxes by four so we can build it. Big. It just doesn't happen, you know. And we are lucky. Like Mac Rock was, uh, Mackenzie was on. She's in my backyard. I mean, she's three minutes away from me. So uh, it's a money game. It's a money grab. I get it. But then again, mm -hmm. it, we do it, so it's hard to complain about it. Yeah. You know what, what's interesting in, in all this, right. With, you know, everything you guys have talked about for the last number of episodes is as youth sports has certainly grown since we've all kind of come through the ranks, you know, better facilities, more facilities and, and all those things. You know, my, my question, I guess, is, you know, even as Bill and I kind of chat is what's, what's happened with the backyard, you know, does, has the backyard gone away? Meaning that, you know, you, the parents or the dad just going out in the backyard and, and just playing to, to Bill's point, having fun. Um, I, I just, I don't know if I see that anymore, you know, even from the time, you know, coaching, you know, kids, you know, kindergarten or pre-K through sixth grade at the Y it's just, you know, they, they, they bring them to the Y and sign up for basketball or T-ball and they, well, make my kid a superstar or, or they come in with that yeah. mentality. My, my kid's the next MJ, you know, and it's like, well, Okay, yes, I'm, I'm showing you the tools of what to do. Do it two or three more times a week or do it on a weekend, you know, and, and that and that's the disconnect, right? Like just because you, you do a camp or you take a class doesn't mean you're you're polished and you're ready to, to start traveling, you know, and, and, and I think that's where, 
we, we've lost the neighborhood play. We've lost the backyard. And now it's, well, little Johnny's on his travel team. I got to sign up Billy Bob now too. And they're going to travel with them, even though their, their abilities or skill levels are, are vastly different. They're just going to pay the money and then expect the same result. Same playing time, same. Well, same I wonder everything. where, you know, your kids are young. Unfortunately, so, because I mean, it's, it's the kids my, that are, are suffering. They're, they're being put in a situation 11 where 11 to 14. They're I mean, not ready for it in, in many Howard. cases. And then, and then we jumped to Appleton, and now we're jumping to Florida. I mean, it's in four years, we've made quite a bit of leaps. Now, your kids are young. I wonder where this, where this sports will be. There's nothing slowing it down, right? I mean, there is no – parents love, love to go. And they love – they think if we could go to, you know, Wausau is great. But you know what's better? Minneapolis, right? So – no. You wonder how far your kids are going to have to try, or you know, you hate to say it, is high school sports going to be around to match uh, the clubs? You know, the clubs. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's it's a possibility. I guess I. I still have a, a, I have a difference of opinion on a lot of this stuff just because not every community is the same. I, I have no doubt that all of those things are happening. Um, I just know, again, I'm, to look into Amherst community, I think we have a ton of parents still playing in the backyard. But if you walk up into Wausau, I'm guessing you don't have the same scenario. And again, different, different ingredients. You're going to have to figure out another path. Uh, so to your point, yeah, where are we heading? I don't see it slowing down. Don't get me wrong. I see a ton of the specialization all over the you know, all over Amherst and all over related communities. Um, just that I, I still do genuinely believe if you have good communication uh, with your leaders, whoever it is, if it, for me, I'm leading the baseball world in Amherst. So I have very clear communication that I know your son's eight and we're not going to go win a championship right now. But, you know, Mr. Johnson, you need to play catch with your son at least twice a week. He will not improve by just showing up here twice a week. That's not enough. We got to find a way to get him more work. So if you can't, if it works busy, if things are tough, bring him a half an hour early every time. I'll, I'll be here. You know, something like that. He needs more reps. And if you have that with each one and just whether the parents do it or not, that's not in my control. But I'm clear about that's what I want them to do. Um, and, again, you maybe you take that same strategy and you apply it to other communities, like Joe mentioned, places like Clintonville or, or Wapaka, these, uh, these intermediate towns that are between the, the Bayports and the Stevens Points. I think if you have people willing to communicate and be clear about how to improve, you, you don't need to jump into uh, you know travel ball yeah, the way just, to Appleton. I I, I wish you were a dime a dozen because I think every community could use you know your kids aren't playing high school ball and yet you're giving all your time and, and effort and that's, ready that's for the next why time. your team is going to be good in the future. I just you get scared at some of these parent coaches that get stuck in a situation right and they they come in for two years and then they leave. Uh, because their kids are no longer playing. And that's where I think if we can look and try to find good people to coach and not maybe run them out of sports so fast, yeah. you know, I, I'm sure you take phone calls. We all do. I'm Joe. I'm sure you, you know, seen it in basketball where Jesus, you didn't play a kid for seven minutes. You played them for six and you know, someone's got to stop watching the stands and it's like, you know, and, and you're still at a young age, right? I mean, your daughter's 14. My, I have a 14 year old and, we see it in our soccer club. You know, we got trace cameras. So we have cameras now that they cover the whole field. So you can, they, I mean, they, an hour after the game, I can tell how far my daughter ran, her top speed, her time on the ball, her time. And, and I talking to our leaders of our program and they're like, we hate using them because 
they can see the minutes played. And that's the first thing they look at. 32. Game 70. That's not even half, coach. Well, you know, so it's it's tech, technology is great, but it, it can also kill us. <laughs> yep. Well, and, and to your point too, those uh, those youth levels again. It's I, I've I've noticed in the last year, my my eight year old also really loves soccer. Um, I was a football guy. I don't understand soccer, uh, so I, I was hesitant to to really show up or, or try and coach. But then I show up to to watch. And I'm, I'm, I'm not the loud parent from the stands, but I'm just biting my lip the whole time. I, I'd be sore from like chewing on my gums the whole time. Um, I just, I can't sit there and, and just, uh, it's, it's too hard for me to sit there and not say, you know, something, lead them, do something. I don't know anything about, you know, how to dribble a ball. I'd pick it up with my hands and dribble it like a basketball, but I can do watch a couple of YouTube videos, call a buddy or two, uh, show up and organize a couple of drills and just keep the kids fun and energy and, you know, that kind of stuff. So I just, I find it difficult um, when I, when I assign a coach to handle a team and I don't know that dad very well, I'd be crazy as a leader of a program to just tell him to go do it and not give him guidance or some kind of instruction and, you know, hold him to some kind of standards and goals. Um, it doesn't mean it's perfect. He's a dad. He doesn't know, but give him some guidance, help him out a little bit and then follow up partway through the year. Is he having fun? Like, just like the kids, if dad's not having yep. fun, he's not going to do this again. And I need him long-term, not just for now. So, and then I feel even worse. You had a guest on that, that knows lacrosse. Um, I think uh, Toby, is it you that played uh, a lot of rugby? Okay. Um, now throw a parent that doesn't know anything about the sport and neither do the kids and neither do the, you know, the fans in the stands. Um, I just feel bad for them. If they don't have support, we're setting them up to fail. So that's, again, yeah. that's another piece that you have to be in charge when you're a leader. That's on you. You figure it out to make sure your team yeah. is also supported. You know, Bill, to that point, like, I mean, again, I'm going to throw you and I kind of under the bus. You know, ne neither one of us are really handy, you know, folks around, husbands around the house, right? But, you know, our skill set is being able to to lead a group of kids. Um, and, you know, for us, I think, and, and maybe the four of us, right, we, we take we take that for granted, right? Because, again, for, for many of us, that's that's pretty easy. You know, that's what we're what, what, what we excel at. Um, but it's amazing how many people, dads, moms or whatever, they're, they're great parents. They're great with their kids, but you give them five, six, seven, eight, ten more kids, it 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 does not look good. You know, they're, they're it, it's not as easy as I think as maybe you make it sound or or that you know we make it look at times because it comes natural to us, right? And and that 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 shouldn't be overlooked, right? And so I agree. Like the best coaches are are people that again are are there, are ready to play, are are prepared, have a plan. Um, and keep it fun. Um, now, certainly as you get older, you know, and that's part of the reason why, you know, for soccer, I'm good until about uh, maybe seven, eight years old. And then I got to pass it off to the people like Jeremy and, and you know, others that really understand the, the game. Um, <laughs> the last thing I need is kids start looking at me like, coach, that's wrong. Like, I'm like you know, but at the same time, like at the youth levels, it, it's absolutely infuriating when, you know, the, the program gives us, you know, 30 minutes before we're supposed to play the game to, to practice and kind of just warm up the kids and, and things like that. And I got coaches coming up to me like 15, 10, 15 minutes in, in, in it. Hey, you ready to play the game? No coach. Like I got a young team. My kids don't want to run up and down the field. They're going to get shellacked. 
I'd rather take this 30 minutes, maybe even 40, just to work on fundamentals so they're good in a, in a year or after the season, you know, and they're not going home crying because, you know, we got a kid slide tackling or, you know, sliding and trying to shoot. And I was like, come on, let's, let, let, let's see the big picture, you know, to some degree. Yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned that, Joe, because that was one of the topics tonight when we were talking in, in youth area football about, you know, what do we want to do next? And, and this is not a converse. It's a conversation that almost all sports have about what, what is it that we want to promote? And I love, Bill, what you're talking about with making it have fun, because in the end, retention is such a huge part of growing any sport. I don't care what it is. And if the kids don't have fun, they're not going to continue to play. So that's the first one, right? You got to have fun. But then you got to make the clear decision when you're young, when the kids are young about, do we want to instill fundamentals to Joe's point, or do we want to try to win? Right. And and so often I think you see coaches trying to win right away. And that's the, that's the focus. And that's unfortunately a, a pressure from parents too. They want to win. But if you're a really good youth coach, you really don't give a crap about winning. You want to make sure that you have fundamentals so that by the time they get to high school, they can win. Right. And that's, that's really, or maybe a, maybe a little earlier, but you know, winning comes as they get older. But I think so often now it's third grade, fourth grade. It's like we got to win now. It's like we're, we we have the priority and the wrong focus, and so that's it's like trying to massage the parents back into hey, it's okay if we don't win today, and everybody plays the same amount, and we try to get reps and we try to do stuff. You know, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, we can start focusing on winning a little bit more every year. But that's a I think that's one of the things that drives this, you know, this whole, you know, jumping onto a travel team somewhere else or whatever. It's, it's this drive to win at such a young age. And I, I think sometimes that's good. Competitiveness is awesome, but it also can lead you down a path of uh, maybe getting to that eighth grade year and you don't have great fundamentals anymore. But I think, you know, to that point, Jeremy, I think, too, there, I think there's a difference between being successful and winning. And, mm-hmm. and being competitive, right? And so I, I agree, like, I, I mean, I, I like to win as much as the next person, yeah. but I think if you if you take the, the term of being successful and ask that first, you know, to me, it's sure, if we win, that's fantastic, but are we at least being competitive, right? Yes. No one wants to just get blown out. That That's gonna ruin your, your uh, retention as well, because they're gonna be like, well, this sucks. I'm gonna go try something right. else where we're at least competing. Um, and I think that has to be kind of at the forefront of, of every youth program as well. And then, yeah. and then too, like I, I see many sports going down this route where it's not just by grade level, it's age or, you know, 12 U, 10 U or whatever, at least it allows the opportunity for kids that maybe are advanced to move up and, and play appropriate levels. Because again, if you have a, a, a person that's just bigger, faster, stronger, what good is it for the overall team or or the kids that they're playing against, but also what good is it for them? How are they developing and getting better? Right. And so um, I I think not all sports are are created equal in in, in that concept, or at least, you know, leadership isn't to that point yet. But I think that's something to always kind of look at too, is putting the kids in the right position, not based off of the parents' request but having a, a self-evaluation or, or an outside evaluation of of the player's talents and, and really seeing where that should go. I have a great example of that. We're, we're doing it right now. Um, and it's 
Um, the, again, I'm going to go back to baseball because that's where I live my life. So, you know, enjoy. Um, Do it. Baseball, I've, been, I've been running the T-ball and coach pitch now since I stepped in, in this role. Um, and that was before my kids were of age. But last year I saw it right away. My, my seven-year-old is playing in coach pitch, which is seven and eight-year-olds. Um, the Amherst, the way it works, T-ball first, right, for five and six. Seven and eight-year-olds play coach pitch. And then you're off into 10U and 12U and 14U and into high school. Um, and then there's also this big giant operation right next door called Plover Baseball. Um, and that thing is a, a, a giant uh, cash machine. cow. And it's, uh, it's a machine that pummels out win, 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 and nothing else matters. Um, yeah. And that's awesome. By the way, that's awesome for the development of the kids who are capable and are enjoying that to wear the Plover uniform and travel all around. If that's what you want and the kid's ready for it, it's awesome. It really is. <laughs> However, it just feels strange to me to say, Hey, nine-year-old, you're good enough to be on this team. This nine-year-old, you're not good enough to be on that team. And this nine-year-old, you're actually not good enough for either of those. So you can't play in this. That's just that's the kind of stuff that uh, I mean, it's bordering on what I think part of this problem is. But where I'm going with this though is uh, Amherst 8U is something I'm creating this year. What I saw was last year I had I had six seven-year-olds because they're around my son. They're playing in my backyard the last year. They're wasting their time in coach pitch. It's a spongy ball. Right, they're they're actually their parents are playing catch with them when they're not at my house and when they're not at the ball field, so they're ready. Um, and then, it, honestly, what happens is the pitcher and the first baseman are on different levels. I have a seven-year-old playing first base who doesn't even know what baseball is and has a glove on his wrong hand, and the pitcher <laughs> picks up the ball and he's throwing the dang thing. So, I mean, you you have a situation that's not right, that's not safe, and yeah. you're teaching the pitcher not to throw the ball to first. He's going to drop it, and then the base runner will keep going. So you yeah. there became a problem. So to fix it, again, I, I, this is a different situation for different people because I'm, I'm running this. It's my responsibility. I created an, an 8U this year. All the 8-year-olds, all 12 of them are going to be with me, and I'll coach it. I'll set up my own schedule for them, a 12-game schedule and one tournament to have some fun in Clintonville. And uh, we hopefully we don't get, you know, we want to be competitive, but I'm not going to stress winning. We're going to – the scoreboard will be on, so winning plays a role. Let's not pretend yep. it doesn't. Part of yep. the game. Um, the kids also can see right through it. If there's no scoreboard, then they're keeping score in the dugout, and the score is never yes. right, and it's all over the board. <laughs> so let's not let, don't run away from it. Um, but just don't make that the priority. It's part of it, not the goal. Um, and at the end of the game, there's nothing wrong with getting in the car and saying, "Hunter, we won." Right? That was awesome. You did this. You did that, and we won because of the whole team's result. Right? It's, it's great. Just don't make it all about the trophy at the end. So, I mean, that's that's kind of an example, though, of you need to challenge each individual kid. So that means on that team this summer, if there's a seven-year-old that's going to waste his time in coach pitch, it's my job to bring him with us on the 8U games. Mm -hmm. um, but then you have that numbers problem, especially in a small town like Amherst. I, I'm aware that I'm going to I'm gonna run into some friction with some certain families that you know don't think it's right that a seven-year-old's playing where an eight-year-old team should have eight-year-olds on the field and, and so on and so forth. It's going to happen. Just be ready for it and have a good, clear, very uh, clear answer of how you're going to communicate through it. So well, that's easy that's to say, hard to execute. Jeremy, I don't know if you know this or not, but daughter does not I'll, score. I'll be happy to jump on again and, goal, and share some stuff. Uh, she, she takes the floor. I just believe that's the right answer, and I'll just deal with it. I mean, there's not even a pillow well. sometimes. <laughs> I mean, she rattled off like 15 goals this year. It was pretty impressive, but I think she did it out of fear. <laughs> That's right. No beds. No beds unless you score. 
no, no. But what is your <laughs> your philosophy on? And we talk about this all the time. Uh, now our dog you got to set a boundary down, somewhere. Playing freshman. That's good parenting. I don't know if you have the players to. You have a JV team and a freshman team, or just. Right. It's it's amazing. Um, it, it doesn't always happen this way, but the numbers in Amherst have uh, imagine that they seem to echo the success. Um, so we, we had eight, way we had, too many for one. Team. We had 18 kids come out my uh, my first year in 2019. 18, by the way, in the world eight. of baseball, is the second worst number you could possibly have. Uh, it's it, it's it's not enough for two teams, and it's it's way too many for one. What's so the worst number? Just out of curiosity. Nine. Nine, eight would be the worst. I got to play. And then, then we got to try and do that whole shave every day and try and grow some hair. Doesn't work for me. So, um, yeah, we had 18. Um, COVID year, we would have had 22. Uh, and then 21, 2021, wow, we precious. had 25. Um, and last year, we had 28. I'm already I'm forecasting and talking to kids. And you make a state run, and you get a lot of attention from that, too. Um, I'm expecting about 34 to come out for baseball this year. Um, wow. and again, that's it. But now we're fringing on a third problem, right? Or another problem. We don't have three teams and we don't have the busing and the money and the program doesn't have, we don't have competitors around us that can handle that many, uh, you know, games. We're not going to play against bash freshmen. We're going to get smoked there. Um, but you know, maybe our JV could handle playing them. So just, <laughs> We end up, no matter what in life, you end up with problems, no matter what. You're, it's kind of life's way of saying, oh, too far left, all right? Now too far right. Now, now try and keep staying in between. It's like Oregon Trail, man. You just can't get down the river at the end of the game. I didn't I didn't survive dysentery to die in the river every dang time. <laughs> I should have worn my I died of dysentery shirt tonight. <laughs> another, another idea, in case you guys go apparel, you should have an Oregon Trail with like – Parents on the one side and referees on the other, and we're just trying to navigate that river. Well, that's a good idea. I'm in marketing. I'm here all day. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you this, though. I don't think uh, you give yourself enough credit. I, I still think you guys would be competitive, but I, I, I just I, I'm not of this mindset that just because it's a bigger school that they gonna, they're going to run rough shot. I've heard people say, like, oh, well, we could take this whatever school. It's like, are you sure about that? Like, you guys, you know, you put, you know, just go to your football team. You've got to few NFL players, division one college players. It's like, I think you guys would hold your own. I think you'd be fine. <laughs> you, you may be right. I'd rather not find out the hard way and then have, uh, you know, Joe, your daughter plays basketball, right? Hey, you... Now I'm getting yeah. slack from parents. And yeah. I got so how far do you travel with yelling that? At me. It, it, That's sometimes I like to make sure my bed is nice and soft at night. I don't need all this problem. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes. Yes. We're set to, in April, we leave for Virginia Beach. Um, we'll go Louisville last year, Iowa, Indiana, um, Chicago, obviously. Um, we have not played well, in state we have a girl on our, for uh, on our soccer team. A year and a half, uh, two years. You, you... I mean, we played in state during COVID. That was, that was about it. But uh, Okay, because I've seen I mean, the scores on Facebook. If we play in like, state, we oh, by there's 29 nothing. 40. I mean, like it's like. At some point, right? Like, and I don't think the bench is going to. Well, they're on the they're same team, right, Joe? It's 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 in Evans, so, yeah, Kennedy. Yes, you have to travel yeah. for five hundred miles to get competitive. Yeah.
It's a yeah. Well, and that was playing up a year as well. And we still, I mean, we were still, yeah. I mean, it's it's it, obviously as you know, it, it's a group that is all athletes. Um, they they eat, breathe, drink alike. Um, they they think alike. Um, and you're not moving to Kimberly. It's right? fun, you know. It, it's a nine day difference when you go from that to oh, breaking um, news, folks. Kind of, do, do, do. The community based <laughs> um, school programs. It's 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 rough. <laughs> We've been asked. Uh, wow. We've been asked by about a half dozen schools to, to move or to transfer. Wow. What kind of, what kind of deals are you getting there? <laughs> <laughs> no, Kimberly no. It's just, State again, you know, it, 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 it's honestly the, um, See, Kimberly's not gonna win the, 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 the selling pitch is the, the premise of winning and, and really, State state titles, um, it, it's that mentality. Well, Amelia's right? coming to Bayport. And, uh, She's living in her basement. I'm fixing no, it up right now. Really set up pretty good. That they, what's that? Breaking news too. <laughs> uh, girls, they, uh, right? they have all the makings of it. We'll talk about that later. Um, but <laughs> but is like is girls basketball in the state of Wisconsin like that? Sounds like a good comment. There's two ways to look at it, right? Is your team just comprised of such really good athletes that, that played around here? Is yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is basketball around here not valid? Because, I mean, if you're beating teams from Madison, Milwaukee, we've got, got to have some good basketball down there, correct? Yeah, you know, I would say, you know, I mean, as a whole, you look at girls basketball. I mean, the state of Wisconsin, I think, is, is now catching up. I mean, you look at the number last number of years, you know, we've had a, a number of girls, you know, go on and play at the next level, uh, which which is fantastic. And even if you took just take that to the, you know, in the Midwest in general, you know, you look at Paige Becker's over at UConn. Um, she's injured now, but, you know, the um, Ali Zabel just accepted um, – a UConn offer. And so, you know, five, 10 years ago, Wisconsin was not seeing those type of recruits. Um, and Why so does now UW think women's that, basketball you know, we're on the, the ground? And I don't the know, map a little bit more, you know, we're going to these, these other tournaments. We're, we're playing year round. Place for years. Um, starting to see the, set over here. the fruit of that. You and know, we're just a which is, school, which is nice to see. It seems like the Badgers can't put it together. Are they just trying to recruit? I mean, if they just looked in their backyard, they'd probably be able to pull something off that's even better than Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of it, right? I mean, I think, you know, um, you know, you even look at the the guys program at, at, at times, right? Like the inability to recruit in the state, I think has been a, a little bit of a knock on, on them in general. You know, you look at obviously the, the Hauser boys, obviously from the Stevens Point market, that was um, you know, kind of a sore subject with with a lot of fans. I think that they would have loved to see them play. Um, yep. You know, 
<laughs> locally. Um, and so I think the, the same thing is for the, the women's program, you know, and uh, again, I, I know they've gone through some, some yeah, coaching changes as well. And, and, and so hopefully, you know, they're able to rebuild that program, but yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I would love to, to see a phone call or an email at some point from uh, UW Madison for, for Jada. That would be, you know, certainly, not, certainly an honor. Yeah. I, I've still struggled to figure out why that is. I mean, I, I mean, there's certain things that I, I know that probably can't say, but I, I just, I, I don't understand why there's athletes in the backyard that don't get recruited. And especially when it's a no brainer, like I'd understand if, you know, you always have that, maybe that fringe player that, 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 you know, they have some talent, but maybe they're not top tier. And so they, they, they want to chase a D one offer somewhere else, but it just seems like we have guys and gals in the state of Wisconsin that just don't get any love. And I don't understand what they are looking for. Like, it's like, you didn't like the the six six kid that can shoot threes and play the post. Like, I, I don't I don't understand what are you looking for? <laughs> or the girl that can drive around everybody and score and do you can do every level to you know play every position and yet nothing like no interest. It's like I guess we just don't really care. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's been amazing to me like when that happens and you see it you see it happen sometimes in football. I'm sure Bill, you see it in baseball. It's like. I just don't get it sometimes. I, I guess it's a certain coach is looking for a certain thing. You know, I, I, I get that too, but it's sometimes it's perplexing. Well, you know, it's interesting too. What, what comes first, the chicken or the egg, right? And so do you, do you want to do, do the recruits want to go to a program that's not a winning program? Right? True. Or do they want to go there to build a winning program? Right. And and so, you know, even in conversations with, with Jada, it's been, uh, you know, this idea, this concept of, you know, we've gone to a few Badger women's games to to watch and, you know, there's very few fans, you know, so as a big time school, you, you kind of lose that lackluster, right? Especially when you're a 14, 15, 16 year old kid kind of looking at well, what do I want with that experience? And, you know, but at some point, you know, there's got to be some girls that take advantage and take a leap of faith. Now, whether they're Offers are there or not, but you look at, you know, Toby, even in your region, the last couple of years you had, uh, oh, Jordan Momolis and um, Emily LaChapelle in, in the De Pere and um, Appleton area, you know, one went to Marquette. The yeah, other Mar one's Marquette's not Butler. afraid to look locally. I mean, they um, pulled some really good talent. You know, again, I don't know the if scene. the Badgers ever had their eye on them or, or you know, vice versa, but, you know, certainly two top players from, kind of from Wisconsin over, that but, did not um, end up in uh, – yeah, it's just interesting that uh, that you'd think Badger Red would just want to be everything mm -hmm. local, and it's right. yeah. they haven't asked me. I'm going to be honest; they mm -hmm. haven't called me or asked me why. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is perplexing though it doesn't it doesn't make sense right i mean joe said it right i think the chicken and the egg thing is probably a big part yeah. of it i know a lot of high schoolers as they're considering where to go um you know you consider your major you consider your your locality so your your parents can watch you play um you'd think those would be things that would make uw appealing and then you know maybe it's just the, i don't want to go there and then um like like one of your guests had she gets there and uh coaching change and now it's not the same it's yeah. it's really good and you only get one shot so go somewhere that you know you're going to be happy 
Um, there could also be a very clear elephant in the room here. Maybe the kids just don't want to be in the snow like this, uh, you know, this many months out of the year. Why not, why not go south a little bit and go enjoy a little bit warmer weather for four years? So I don't know. Just, um, you know, a lot of things go into the mind of a high school kid. Um, yeah. I hope my 17 year old is not necessarily prepared to make right all now. these choices. I mean, there's, there's, that's to some extent, where we're at. Uh, it, it's, it's perplexing because it's a strange thing to tell a 17 year old to go off to college for the next four years and expect them to make a logical choice or, or what have you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the only thing I would add on that is the, the situations where I hear about a kid that didn't even get like, they didn't even talk to him. Yeah. That's the one that really bothers me. It's it, like, you've got this, and I'm not going to say any names on that, but I've, I've heard of that a few times where that just, like they didn't even out, they didn't even reach out to him. And that's what's crazy to me. But, you know, what are you going to do? I did want to ask you, Bill, on uh, when you guys went from, you know, building the program to having really good success, did that change like coaches, college coaches reaching out and asking about your players? I would assume it did. Yeah, kind of. I, I played college ball, and I what happens naturally is a lot of the kids I played high school against are now assisting coaches at programs throughout the area. Okay. So, what happens too is I, I reached out preseason because I had, you know, four kids that said they want to play college baseball. Uh, one of them was six six and uh, a pitcher with great you know great care and puts a lot of work into everything he does and four and everything you could want. So wow. I have a I have a blue chip. So let's make sure he gets every shot. So mm -hmm. I was on the phone. I was the one calling them as a junior already, saying, "Please watch and tell me what if this isn't what you're looking for. Tell me what you are." Uh, right. And I got a lot of really positive feedback, and that kid ended up going to UW-Milwaukee. Uh, so nice. a D1 school, it's the only D1 school with baseball in the state. So he ended up staying here in the state. Um, and, you know, he's, he's there. He's, he's thriving as far as I know, as long as he's not, you know, sneaking out at night and going to parties and doing all that crap right now. But, um, <laughs> you know, there's, to your point, I guess, Jeremy, I, I, that frustration that you have about kids not, not being reached out to that, that deserve it, are you talking at the D1 level or at any college level? Uh, sometimes both. I mean, that's the, uh, I've seen it a little bit on even lower levels. Um, you know, with, with some of the coaching I've done at, at Spash and I've done some proactive reaching out, just trying to get some names out that I'm just kind of surprised at. Um, but, but there have been a couple of D1, uh, you know, that I've personally talked to the parents and said, you know, just, Hey, tell me what happened kind of behind the scenes. And they're like, yeah, that, that, that school never called or that school was never even interested. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like, I just, it's just surprising to me when you see, and you, and now you see that kids in the, like in the professional leagues at whatever sport it is. And I, there's a couple, and it just, it's just amazing to me that they, they, nobody ever inquired. Yeah. One, one piece of uh, just, uh, you know, my, my two cents on the topic, if you have a son or daughter, that's probably more of a D three or a D two level athlete. I think um, you're not overstepping by reaching out to the schools they're interested in and do so as a junior already, um, mainly because if you're talking about UW Stout or UW Stevens Point, you're looking for athletes. And these athletes are, right. I've got four of them this year that are three sport athletes. Uh, two of them in particular could choose if they want to play D3 football, D3 baseball, or just call it quits and go live your college life and, and be happy that way. Um, one of the kids told me he wants to, and he's frustrated that no one's asking him. I, I just told him, do you think UW lacrosse's baseball coach knows you want to play baseball? I don't think he has a clue. 
<laughs> so let's let's tell him that you want to and then ask him what do you need from me to make it happen but also it shouldn't come from me it should come from you the kid you should be reaching out and, and learn to be an adult in this stuff so you know that's that's my feedback for people hearing this parents hearing this if your son or daughter is more of a d2 or d3 you're not you're not out of line to go ask schools and ask what do you need from me to be on the radar um yeah. ask your coaches to vouch for you ask, they, uh... ask somebody, your club coaches there's there's ways to do it i just think sometimes People don't know uh, what the colleges are, are doing. Their day-to-day right now is busy. That, that just doesn't yeah. mean they have time to go look at the kid at Amherst who could go to college for whatever he wants, wherever he wants. Right. You, you, the other thing that you bring up that I just want to interject real quick is that at D3, sometimes you can even play multiple sports. There was an athlete that I, I, um, I was there when I went to UWSP. She was an amazing athlete. She played. She was all-conference in, in track soccer and basketball. She won a national title in basketball multiple times. She almost won a title in soccer. And I think they might've won one conference as a, as a track star. Like she was just an amazing athlete. And because it's D3, they let her play multiple sports. So yep. sometimes D3 can actually be a really cool spot for an athlete that maybe doesn't want to specialize in one. And they're just a really superb athlete. They can go and do struggling to their hearts content into college door. There's a great book out that called looking for a full ride. It's just a crazy amount of, it's not, you're not a college student anymore. You're going to talk to the grassroots. This is true. She's not an NCSA, whatever the recruiting is. It is a grassroots. She's got a great Facebook. Actually, I reached out to her on Saturday about having her on and she, she got back to me. She asked that we had a hundred, a hundred episodes and I didn't feel like lying. So I said we had 12, but, uh, it is a really good read. <laughs> right. Uh, I will text her tomorrow and be like, we're at 13, just saying, just keeping you abreast, but it, <laughs> that's 14, right. But it's an amazing read. And if you go on Facebook and, and like the page, uh, <laughs> really the questions are asked of, you know, what should I be doing? And it breaks down exactly how to talk to coaches, email, go to camp. Well, we and it's kind of it's just so interesting double, so it's instead of just paying double. a fee for somebody. And that works too. I know a lot of kids that have uh, done both. So it's just another avenue where people, um, you know, where money is an issue. And, and we all, let's be honest, money's an issue for all of us to keep throwing at things. So it's just a really good book. Now, Joe, you go to, Yes. And Joe, you go to tournaments like when you're down at Virginia Beach, right? I mean, there are college coaches lined up. I mean, are they looking at U14, U15? Yeah. And I think that's the biggest misconception, right? We're going down to a link in the show notes. And everybody wants to think that somebody's got their eye on us. And it's usually the juniors. I think in high school soccer, the junior age group is the one that gets recruited. Uh, I don't know about basketball or baseball, per se, but. Uh, I'm sure basketball has a different avenue, right? Because you could tell if they got height. Doesn't height kind of draw people in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, do we get some that trickle down in between, you know, watching the top? the top courts sure um you know or do they hear about some of our younger teams if our older teams are are successful yeah um and again we've had some of the local 
you know, UW Milwaukee's GBs come watch, you know, our game as, as seventh graders playing up and, and again, and that, and that's good. Right. But it's not, you know, it's not a bleacher full. It's not wall to wall coaches with clipboards. You know, it, it, it's certainly not that to watch that is certainly amazing. You know, you look, watch those top courts and, you know, there's some tournaments, it's the who's who of college coaches, you know, um, and that, that's pretty neat to see, but, you know, with the, with the transfer portal and, and some of those things now, uh, yeah. I think that, that, I think that affected, portal is going to do a lot of damage. Um, some to, of the, uh, the timing, uh, uh small and how majors, far down they, they really go because they don't need to, right? I mean, like that. I think they can open up the portal and get what they need and, around a losing program um, when you can and so it kind of kept everything on track again, regardless of, of the talent. Well, but again, you know, there's another side of that though, too, is, you know, um, you know, there's kids that are going to the higher programs out of high school because again, they're promised maybe a lot in that recruiting process and then they get there and maybe it's not what they, what they expected or, you know, they're, they're sitting the bench and, you know, for a lot of these players, you know, and my daughter included, like she's been a starter every, every year, never, you know, never really came off the bench that's an adjustment for, for a lot of kids, you know? And so there's some that they'll get there and, and be like, no, I want to go play. And so they're going to go to maybe a smaller school and whether it's a small major or, or even a D2 or D3, just, just to play, you know, and we've seen certainly a, a number of examples of, of that, you know, one of the, 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 uh, the, with eighth grade now with our point hoops program, you know, we're, we're fortunate to have uh a former college coach, she coached at uh, Cleveland State for a number of years. And and so it's interesting to hear her perspective and her background where, yeah, she, you know, she would recruit these top players and top athletes. And, you know, the reality is you're still only playing seven or eight in a game, you know, and for, as she kind of put in, in some of the conversations, you know, it, it's a job now for, for these kids. And, you know, some will get a bad attitude and say, this is ridiculous. I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah. I guess they, they, they have a full ride. Could, uh, keep some of these they, basketball they programs intact. You know, appreciate well, not necessarily appreciate it, but you know, they want to go play. You know, and so, so maybe they leave and go down a level and give up the full ride. And, Milwaukee, which you know, is what, what do you do? But I, then again, I don't follow Panther sports like I used to never did actually. Yeah. yeah. Well, they had Butler, and they took Butler out. Right. <laughs> the Horizon leads kind of always that way, though. It's a little bit, uh, little. It's sometimes it's really competitive, and then sometimes it's not so competitive. You know, isn't it interesting, though, to to that point? You know, how fortunate. You know, we again, we live in in these communities that have universities with, with, um, with programs, whether it be UW Stevens point or GB or even Milwaukee in our own backyard. Yeah. But do we ever really value those experiences, right? Like we want to go to a, a basketball game. It's well, let's go to UW Madison. Let's go see the, the Badger men's basketball. And, and again, there's, it's still great basketball or, or, Great football or baseball, even at these other other schools. You can't tell us why smaller, you went, or you can't tell us why you markets, did. You but, don't go. <laughs> um, again, I've, I've lived in Point now for 
20 plus years. I think I've been to one basketball game, you know, and I can't tell you why. That surprises just, me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't, I can't tell you why, I, you know, why I haven't gone to more. I mean, it, it's such a, you know, but again, you know, when you start having kids, you're like, well, let's go to the high school game or let's, you know, yeah. um, you know, you, or when you're in college, it's like, oh, homecoming. Yeah, we're going to go to the game. Well, you end up <laughs> partying a little longer than you expected. And next thing you know, the game's over and everyone's, you know, at the uh, the watering hole. So you made it to the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's a great point. I'm, I'm, I'm curious why it is that way, too. I grew up in Whitewater, another college town. Uh, but growing yeah. up, remember different era, right? We're talking the 90s. We went to all the yeah. We did all GB. I would go to doubleheaders on the weekends after if the Warhawks were playing in town. So Um, I I wonder if uh, kids in Whitewater right now are doing the same, or if this is kind of a a trend. Well, we do soccer. We do soccer. Did you guys, when you were younger, go to college level games? I remember going to the WIAC games. Catholic school kids, right? Of course you could. Sorry. I'm, I'm the only loser. I never went to any uh, – the first college basketball game – first college game I ever went to was actually a UWSP game when I enrolled in 2001. Uh, but, yeah, I'd never been to anything. First college football game I ever went to was the one I was student up in. So I, I – I, so yeah, that's a little different. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I had not gone to many, honestly. I, I do enjoy them. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm with Joe. I, now I'm in the community. I don't go to that many games. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of sad. I know my father-in-law goes, he's a season ticket holder. He goes to basketball all the time, but he's an alum. Um, but even like football, I don't, I don't get to that many football games. I think a lot of it is just kids. You, you're running, you don't, you just don't, you just don't fit it in. Uh, and maybe we should, but I just probably take it for granted. It, it could be part of the because I'm I'm guilty as charged when what Joe's talking about I I'm not taking my kids to UW pointer games right now. Uh, what yeah. I am doing is taking them to Amherst basketball and Amherst wrestling match and a correct you know, Amherst whatever we can get to. I don't I don't know what it is that makes me think that way. Maybe it's just simply that's the program that we're going to come up through, and there's no yes. guarantees you're going to have anything to do with UWSP. So why, why yep. on the other hand, though, it could be a good element or another teaching tool to show them higher level. Um, I just wonder if to the eyes of my kids, it makes any difference. For right now, they, uh, they think it's pretty cool to see high school games, and that seems to be good enough without paying a, a dollar for it. I'm just kind of getting a popcorn and getting a, a lollipop, and I sit up at the top of the bleachers and talk to those parents that I can't get enough talking to. So, well, I mean, Bill... It seems like maybe maybe you're a little different than me. One of the things I love about just going to the local Spash game is just the community. I mean, it, you you see so many people from the community. I, I would imagine Amherst is that way. I've only been to a, one basketball game over in Amherst, but it just seems like the, you know the community is there and it brings people together. There's like that common theme and purpose, and that's what Toby and I were talking about prior in an episode was you just hate to see that go away because that is such a cool part of the community that you get around high school sports, but you don't get that with club as good as club is right. And Joe talked about how amazing that team is that they have, but you just don't, 
you don't get a thousand people showing up to watch that club game. Uh, usually now maybe you guys do in the other towns and other cities, but it just doesn't seem like there's the same fervor that there is about your high, local high school. And that's what I like about it. That community aspect. Yeah. No. And I agree with you. And it really, now we're kind of fringing on what I do for a living, right? In my day job, Zaleski sports is built on the concept that high school matters most, right? Mm -hmm. to, to your parents, to your alumni, to your community, to everything. Our, our job is to keep people interested in high school sports. Uh, so it's kind of the counteract to, not, not the club, because not, that's not necessarily the, the issue, but it's to your point, you hate to see that die. I don't want to see high school athletics yeah. become obsolete or become the secondary. Um, Zaleski Sports is uh, fighting that battle, just trying to keep it, keep that ship upright. Um, and just by putting, putting a spotlight, making it available in a world filled with technology, how do we keep people invested and caring about it? This is an easy way to do so. So not to throw that plug in, but it really borders on part of that battle is is in that tech world and how do we make it available if you don't want to bring I, I I struggle with it. My I got three kids, including a two and a four year old. It's chaos. If I bring these kids, right, we're at the top of the bleachers. Um, Amherst gym isn't big. Uh, there's popcorn flying and we got we got soda spilling. Yo, we Jeremy, we could splice some of our broadcast tapes, send it over. I'm not saying uh, that. If, if my wife comes with, us. I'm, I'm gonna have an angry wife for about forty eight hours after. So that's all part of it, right? It's it's uh, sounds like a slice of paradise. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, right? Come to the Yolo, cold. Have a beer. It'll be fun, they this. say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we will talk. I got the printer. We got Bill, the logo. We're ready. What I'm hearing, though, too, is, uh, is Zaleski the first sponsor that this podcast is going to have? I mean. <laughs> hey, those those shirts that we're talking about, maybe a little trademark, a little Zaleski in the corner, oh. throw you some money this way and that way. I, there's all kinds of possibilities. Let's not close any doors here. Hey, hey, actually, I, I I do want you to explain to because um, I'm very familiar with Celeski Sports. Uh, we have a lot of listeners. If we look at the demographics in Green Bay, they may not be as familiar. I, I would like you to talk a little bit about Zaleski Sports, kind of what you guys do, just so people have an understanding. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, so Zaleski Sports, what happened here in 2018? So pre-COVID, uh, it's an empty nester. Uh, Jason Zaleski out of Marshfield. Uh, no kids in the house, and what do we do? I mean, at that point, your your life is so used to having that that regiment, and now he had so much free time that he went out and bought a couple of eight and ten thousand dollar cameras. I'm sure his wife was really pleased about that. I'm sure. He showed, at a, he showed up at a couple of Marshfield games and just broadcasted on YouTube. He knew his technology and voiced it himself. It was just a simple one camera thing, um, and one thing kind of led to the other. Uh, people slapping him on the back, saying that's really cool. Uh, he added um, uh, Columbus Catholic. He added Spencer. Um, he added uh, Stratford. So just the Marshfield area. And then COVID happened. And when COVID happened, um, you know, again, he's got four cameras at this point, And his wife's telling him, stop buying cameras. This isn't making us money. And you're just, you're just spending money for nothing. A um, couple of sponsors. And now COVID means there's, there's games going on with no fans in the stands. And how does a school get it out? Um, yeah. I'm sure 400 schools in, in Wisconsin tried sending a 17-year-old to the top of the grandstand with a tablet and trying to do it. And every one of them experienced the same problem. That's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, so overnight, overnight, he probably had 20 phone calls from schools saying, can you do it for us? Um, and originally it was, uh, you know, the schools needed to pay something because you got to buy cameras and pay staff. And it became a, a real career, a real uh, company. Um, but what happened then, we no longer take money from any schools. We're up to 22 high schools throughout central Wisconsin that we partner with. 
And um, what we do is broadcast their athletics, boys and girls, every sport. Um, typically, we'll carry 35 to 40 games every so week. Does. Uh, it's all live and free streaming on YouTube. So, uh, I mean, our schools are any school that you would encounter within Marshfield, Wisconsin Rapids, Stevens Point, Wapaka, Amherst, Mosinee, Wausau. Um, all of those schools are our core, and we'll be adding Eau Claire coming up soon. Yeah, it's really cool. And just from a yeah, from a fan's perspective, I can tell you that they're awesome. I mean, the broadcasts are good, um, good quality, and it, it, it's just nice to sometimes have the streaming option. There's been a couple times where it's like, oh, I really want to see that game, but I couldn't make it up to D.C. Everest, right? And all of a sudden, yeah, Zaleski's there. And that's usually kind of what the habit now in central Wisconsin is, is, hey, let's see where Zaleski is this week because maybe we can just get that broadcast, which is kind of cool. So, yeah. It is, uh, it is admittedly, though, still, uh, it, it's in its infancy, right? We're in year, what, four of existence, so it's moving really quickly and fast. It's been fun for me to join. I had 12 years in radio before that, um, and <laughs> this is, uh, the shift was kind of like, oh, my God, I can, you mean I can make that working in high school sports all the time? Uh, and he said, one better, also in the spring, at noon, stop working every day. Just go go be a coach. Uh, so I'm, you know. Wow, bend bend my arm and make make me really want it. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, awesome. it's been a godsend. Jason himself is awesome. The product is is I'd like to think it's it's great, but it, there's room for improvement. I I think I'd be the first to admit it's not perfect. Yeah. We have all kinds of different things that we're trying to coordinate, and we depend on young people to show up on time and hold cameras. And you know, it's a uh, it's a moving piece. So is is Joe going to be doing this soon? I'm trying to recruit him. He's uh, he's he's holding firm. He keeps on saying he's got kids and life's hard. I was gonna say that's not true. I'm operating, but uh, again, it's not, <laughs> I can only fit so much in the schedule. He, I give, I give, and I give. On Fridays, but holding a camera for high school athletes to have their careers on HD, nope, no time for that. So does Amherst? Does Amherst? I want, I want the, the, uh, the announcer position. Like I don't want to just hold the camera. <laughs> Nobody in their right mind would give you a microphone. Wait a second. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> These two did. Yeah, what, do, what do we know? <laughs> That's awesome. That might be the title. I, I pressed them pretty hard. Now, remember, I joined in April of last year. So in the middle of uh, – we were like 8-0 at the time. And when I joined, I was kind of telling them, like, you're going to broadcast every game we have, right? And he kind of, well, you know, you got to be good. So we'll be good. Just keep keep – Keep the camera rolling. Just watch this show. Uh, but then we went and screwed it up, as Joe loves to remind me. We screwed it up at State, and you know it's uh, it's amazing to me how just how defeating that feels uh, to be close to something. It, it's not it's not just baseball, right? This is a life lesson, and that's what I keep telling the kids. Uh, it, it's not I meant to be a cliche. It's a truth. Athletics really teaches you life. That's that's the whole point here, right? Yeah. Um, so these kids undefeated, perfect Was season. Was that at We're uh, on Channel Seven and Channel Nine doing a? Yep. You know, our celebrations are on TV, and Zaleski Sports is covering it. Everyone's flying high. And then 0-0 game into the seventh inning at State. And then we, uh, you know, we, we lose with two outs on, on an error, a mistake by a player, a young athlete oh. who just, oops. Um, but, you know, learning, yes, correct. Yep. But, I mean, the drama, the beauty of, of uh, the game that I love so much, I, I like to tell people it's uh, – it's an accumulation of imperfect randomness. Uh, and what I mean by that, a, a fastball on the inside part of the plate, some hitters have the hands to get their bat through. And if you don't, if you miss by a centimeter on the bat, 
That's the difference between a 325-foot double off the wall and a 310-foot flyout. So, you know, it's, people say it's a game of inches. It's It can be centimeters. It, it also can be inches. And there's also that element, you know, if a Joe Blow base runner on first base is going to steal second at state, let's say on a beautiful sunny day on a, a minor league baseball field with great dirt, the catcher <laughs> can't throw him out if he gets a good jump. Take the same catcher, same pitcher, same scenario, same base runner, and now we're playing at Amherst in April 2nd in 35 degrees, and it rained all morning, so the, the ground is sloppy. There's no way that runner is going to get there in time. So hmm. now you're taking all these random elements that all play in, and then somehow if you practice a lot, you'll still be really good. You can still sway the odds in your favor in baseball. Doesn't mean though that uh, random events can't. Yeah, baseball is my, you know, the fly ball gets my, caught or that. My passion. Right I loved every minute of it. There's just all I that random baked in. I, I just that's why but, I love the game. It's just uh, right? you don't have control over everything, so you have to accept the chaos and just do the best you can to sway it in your favor. You know what? I'm gonna go tell my wife right now. I'm going to Amherst. Get me a part baseball of it. That's cool. Just <laughs> that's right. God, it'd be amazing. I, I threatened to go back to college all the time, but I'm Amherst. in the dorm room. I need I mean, good I quality young in. men to help lead these little boys into into growing boys, into high school men, and get them off to college. <laughs> yeah, it's cheap. I don't think Amherst baseball assistant coach makes a ton. We got the recipe. I just need the cooks. <laughs> no college. Would wait, wait, well. We'll get you in our okay. barn. I'll, I'll get you a place in our barn. <laughs> That's great. What, uh, what, they, what they don't Anything make else? in money, they make on Friday nights when they come over to my place. Uh, they don't bring a thing. Let's just put it that way, and they leave full. <laughs> <laughs> there's, that, there's that arm twisting again. That's awesome. Well, cool. Uh, I, I, spo- I suppose as we land this plane, J- Joe, anything else you'd like to add on to uh, the conversation? No, I think we covered a lot of a lot of great ground. You know, I, I think, again, just to kind of recap, it's, you know, everyone's at a different place. I think Bill said it best a, a few times, yeah. but, you know, it, it start, yes, you know, everything is starting earlier. I mean, I think, you know, I remember back starting sports or basketball at fifth grade. Now, Nowadays, if you start that <laughs> that late, you're uh, yeah. you have a lot of catching up to do, and and, and I'm not sure it, it's possible. Um, and so again, it's you know starting young, starting on the fundamentals, and and you know with within the fundamentals, making it have fun, and and then yeah. you know reinforce some of that stuff in the backyard um, or or the driveway because it, it's gonna it's gonna pay dividends. And then you know the travel and all that craziness is inevitable. It's gonna happen. You're gonna have to do it. Um, it's part of the it's part of the game, I guess, if you will. But uh, you'll be more prepared and you'll have more fun because you're ready. You're ready. You're ready for it. Agreed. I like that. Yeah, have fun, man. To anybody listening out there, make the practices fun. You will not regret it. Your kids will not regret it. Um, in the end, it's supposed to be fun. So, Bill, anything else to add? Yeah, I mean, we touched on everything uh, multiple times. I think it, and we did a nice job of it. The only bullet point I had written down was uh, not being afraid of that. If you're if you're a coach, right, making sure that um, you ask questions, right. If you if you if you're leading something, 
go ask the person in charge. If they didn't give you direction or guidance and you think you need some, go get it. Uh, mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that or admitting that I need some help with it and just to learn. Um, you know, number two would be no matter what, communicate. Be very clear about what you're trying to do and what, how you're going to do it. That means to the parents too. Um, and I think a lot of that will divert that crazy word that everyone gets afraid of in, in, in the sports world, that word politics, right? It, it plays a role. <laughs> why, why does it play a role? There's, there's so many different ingredients baked in. There's all kinds of room for parents to talk about it without talking to you. If you just are clear and you can you know, keep it in focus, don't, don't do too much. Just have a few things that you say and you say them consistently. Try and harder. Follow through. <laughs> you know, that's, that'd be my advice for uh, parent coaches out there. I'm just kidding. You know, people who just want to help. Right. Out, you know, just try your best to be clear about communication. And um, it makes that politic thing that's right. a bit easier. And the last thing I would say is be nice to your officials. They're, they're adults that are trying their best. No one's out to get you. Just be nice to people. Unless, of course, uh, yeah. unless, unless of course you strike someone. Unless you strike someone is uh, six inches off the outside corner, then I'm going to be yelling at you from the third base box. So anything else is acceptable. But don't be giving them too much off the outside corner. That's right. I actually, just to end on, and not to end on this, but I, I saw this a, a quick video the other day. And it was, more I and felt more so bad for the umpire. Great. The, the, it was like, I think they were 10 year old kids and they were just riding this umpire. It was like a 60 second clip. And he just turned around. He's like, I'm done. I'm going to leave. And he just walked off the court and they're like, you can't quit. It's like, sure as hell can. And he just walked off. I'm like, good for this guy. <laughs> no, I appreciate it, man. What, yeah. a, what an easy conversation to have. About yeah, we, we, we do need to be nice and, uh, to the refs. I mean, I, guys I, like we've talked about it you know, before, but yeah, there, there, there can be frustrations with the refs, but man, it's, it's kind of an unthankless or a thankless job for the most part. So, you know, new sports is, is, yeah, Toby, anything else you want to add? That's fantastic. And, uh, Joe, with your your job and everything you're doing with Special Olympics and, you can see the great country that we call America in the car and travel for basketball, which is, which is fantastic. So man, what an easy conversation to have. So we really appreciate it. And what's, I'm going to get to, we're going to get to Amherst. I don't know. If yeah. I'm going to steal baseball hat. That's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Now we're talking. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Well, how about this? Make it down to Fox Valley Stadium with the new additions and everything, and uh, might, I will, yeah, uh, I will you, find I got a couple will, extras. I might I even have cheer. the team autograph. One I'll cheer for you over Spash any day. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's win something special first to make it kind of extra special, but uh, you might want to wait till May. Uh, not going to lie, baseball in the spring is a little bit chilly. So it's uh, oh, uh, smooth. I'll bring my talents to uh, Cedar's Point. It'll be right there on Zaleski Sports. ZaleskiSports.com. There we go. And last thing, let's not forget the the, the gauntlet that's been laid out, too. I mean, I know we're all going to get busy here probably with our travel times, but uh, the the pickleball stands, you know, and and, uh, I'm fairly confident in – I'm fairly confident here, in, in Bill's and I uh, ability, even if it's uh, from five years ago, that uh, mm-hmm. a, a beverage could be placed on, on this as, as well as a wager. Yes. So, yep. 
Big one. I like Big this. One. I think this should happen. We and we would put that out so for all to see. That I think this would be a good time. I, I I've never played, but I'm I'm okay with my first time being in this competition. I think that'd be fun. We could send out a link to all your subscribers. I'm sure you have thousands, and invite them for free to come watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Let's do it. <laughs> Multiples of ten. <laughs> Awesome. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. This was a lot of fun. Uh, it, it definitely going to be following. I know I'm going to be watching Jada for sure. Uh, and I definitely want to follow the Amherst team as well, see how you guys do. Right. The My cool thing about this is I'm, I'm finding all these teams that I'm going to start having interest in uh, that I didn't before, which is great. So I love that. That's really cool. You, you, now you're not going to get to a UWSP game. I mean, you're, you're too busy. <laughs> no, it's not happening. <laughs> you, guys, you might want to interview somebody from UWSP or else you're going to have politics coming at your door again. How can you guys have bashing college sports? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, hang on here for a second while we uh, upload this baby. And uh, really... You got it. Thanks, guys.